Today is Friday the 13th. Combine that with the leader of Hamas calling for a day of jihad. It's kind of scary out there right now. There's a lot to be afraid of, especially on a day like today. So what do we do on those days that we're feeling uneasy or slightly afraid or being threatened uh, from terrible, terrible people? We dive into the Bible. There are a lot of Bible verses where God's talking about not being afraid. But why should we not be afraid? Why why should that be enough to ease our fears? We're going to talk about that today. We're going to read a few Bible passages talking about fear and where we should actually put our trust and how we should ease those anxieties that we may have. So forget the fact that it's Friday the 13th. Try to get past and stay safe today on some weird day of jihad. And just focus on the Lord. Focus on Jesus today. Let's dive into some Bible verses and talk about it. Let's go. All right, thanks for joining me for a uh, kind of a special Friday the 13th episode. Now, we're going to talk about Bible verses where God tells us not to be afraid. There's a lot to be afraid of right now, whether you're superstitious uh, with the Friday the 13th stuff and the Halloween stuff that's coming up, uh, or whether you're kind of cautious about the the war in Israel right now and how that may spread, war in Russia and Ukraine, where that may go. There's a lot of uneasiness going on in the world right now. The leader of Hamas has called for a day of jihad. Uh, I know I live outside of Austin, Texas. And our police department issued a statement this morning talking about being vigilant today, uh, being cautious today, and how they're taking extra precautions on, on this Friday the 13th. So it's a little uh, uneasy right now, I'll tell you. Uh, I'm not feeling uh, uh, too comfortable in my uh, own little uh, circumstance here, but I'm sure it's going to be fine. Uh, but more importantly, uh, there are people with real fears and real positions and real circumstances in this world uh, that have um, a lot of reasons to be afraid. So we're praying for those people. We're praying for uh, the people that are involved uh, with, uh, you know, the Israel-Hamas conflict. Uh, we're certainly praying for Israel and uh, just peace and healing uh, for that nation and everybody involved uh, with all these conflicts, whether there's that one across the world. Uh, we want we want peace in this world, and uh, Jesus is peace. So most, most importantly, uh, we want everybody to know about Jesus, because uh, if they know Jesus in their heart, they have they have peace uh, eternally. So that is the most important thing. All right, let's pivot a little bit. We're going to talk about Bible verses where God tells us not to be afraid. So God wants us to be calm, be still, right? He is the Lord, as it says. So we're going to start and reading a few Bible verses and talking about it. We're going to start in Deuteronomy 31.6, Old Testament, uh, which is a great place to start. And we'll work our way up to the uh, New Testament today. Sip of coffee there, and we'll get started. Let me get my uh, get my glasses. So this is a great place to start. This is when Joshua becomes the leader of Israel. So it's very timely with what's going on in the world right now. Uh, but God's telling Joshua not to be afraid because of what he is about to do, which is become the leader of Israel. So this is verse 6. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. So specifically with, you know, he's talking to Joshua about, the, you know, he put Joshua in this position to be the leader of Israel. So he's telling him, hey, I'm going ahead of you. It's going to be it's going to be okay. Do not be afraid. So how can we relate to that in our world? So no matter what position, what place God has for you, right, 
he is putting you on a path to do something to glorify him. All right. And in this circumstance, he's putting Joshua in a position to glorify God by being the leader of Israel. Now, for you and for me, uh, we're not the leader of a nation, per se, uh, but uh, God does put us in positions to, uh, to glorify him and to do his work here on earth. So uh, no matter where you are in your life, uh, you know, God wants you to be part of his kingdom and to spread his kingdom. So do not be afraid. Be strong. Because God goes before you. God goes ahead of you on whatever path that you're on in life. Uh, if you're walking down a path and God has led you down a path of life, no matter what is ahead of you on that path, uh, God is already there. And he's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. Uh, he's going to be there. So be strong, be courageous, and don't be afraid with whatever that next step is for you. Um, and, and, and this you know, verse, it was Joshua becoming the leader of Israel, but for you, it could be taking a new job. It, it could be uh, taking a trip. Uh, it could be uh, confronting somebody that you've had issues with. Whatever whatever God is kind of leading you to today, tomorrow, next week, um, don't be afraid. Uh, be, be confident. Uh, be strong, uh, as it says. Be courageous, as it says. Uh, God's with you. I promise you on that. Okay, so that is Deuteronomy 31.6. Uh, we're going to fast forward to Psalms 56 here. And this is a very famous one, and I love um, Psalms 56. So flip to um, roughly, you know, halfway to your, through your Bible. Uh, we're going to go to F Psalm 56, uh, verse 3. Uh, let's turn to that real quick. Da -da -da -da. Sorry for those listening to this. I'm a little bit of dead air. Uh, I have this uh, highlighted in my Bible already because I love this verse. So we're going to read 3 and 4. Uh, Psalm 56. Uh, it's on page 767 in my Bible, so you can see how it's, uh, you know, eh, roughly halfway, uh, just shy of halfway through the Bible. Uh, so Psalms, uh, Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4 goes like this, But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? The reason why I picked this one is for a couple of reasons. One is the psalmist is telling us if we are if we put our trust in God, right, and we praise God, then there's no reason to be afraid. And the last line, and depending on your translation, right, and mine in the uh, New Living Translation says, "What can mere mortals do to me?" In other translations, the ESV, I believe, the NIV, it says, "What can man do to me?" Uh, this is a little bit more generic, but in reality, if you have God. Right, and you put your trust in God, and you praise God, and you trust Him wholeheartedly with your life. There is nothing anybody on this earth can do to you. Yes, there will still be bad things that happen. Yes, you still will be wronged by other people. But what the psalmist is trying to get us to understand is an eternal perspective: the fact that if you put your faith and trust in Lord in the Lord, and you follow Jesus, and you you are saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. No matter what happens here, no matter what people do to you, it's not going to be that bad on the eternal part of the uh, grand scheme of things, okay? People can't hurt you unless you allow them to hurt you in that way if you trust God, certainly emotionally. Physically, yeah, you're going to deal with that stuff. But if you trust God, everything's going to be okay on long term, okay? So this is also echoed in the New Testament, 
Now I have it written down here. I put it on a, uh, on the, my screen in front of me in Hebrews thirteen six. I'm not turning to. It. I'm just going to read it real quick. It says, "So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper; I will not fear. What can man do to me?" So God's telling us not to be afraid and to trust Him, and not to be afraid of other people on this earth. Right? Whether you're in the Old Testament or the New Testament, that is a consistent message that he is telling us. From Psalms to Hebrews, uh, he's talking about what can man do to you, which is nothing. Nothing. Be still and know that he is God, and trust him. And watch this world kind of circle around you. Yes, because of that, certainly you're going to deal with some battles that you wouldn't be dealing with uh, if you haven't accepted Christ. Uh, the devil, that makes him angry, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so, um, but don't be afraid, okay? All right, let's pivot to uh, Isaiah. We're going to keep working through the uh, Old Testament here. Uh, so that one is only just a handful of uh, books. If you're not familiar with the Bible, it goes Pro- or Psalms, Proverbs, and we got some Ecclesiastes and Song, uh, Song of Solomon, and then we go to Isaiah. So Isaiah 41, which is kind of a prophetic book, which I like a lot, a lot of good stuff in Isaiah. If you haven't read Isaiah before, it talks a lot about Jesus, even though it doesn't speak to him by name. Uh, it does tells a story of Christmas and the birth. Uh, everything is in Isaiah. So that would be a great study uh, holistically for us to dive into Isaiah. There's 66 books of Isaiah, so it takes a couple of months to get through <laughs> for sure, but it's a good book. So we're going to go to uh, Isaiah 41, uh, verse... Uh, let's do... Let's do 13. Um, let's do, actually, let's do 10 and 13. Sorry, I'm skipping around a little bit. 10 says, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Skip down to 13, for I hold you by your right hand. Okay? I, the Lord your God. And I say to you, do not be afraid. I am here to help you. All right, the reason why I picked these two verses for a couple of reasons. I love the hands, and I hate to, it sounds weird, but I, I read 10, and it talks about how God is, is holding us up with his righteous, victorious right hand, okay? He is lifting us up, as it says. It says, hold you up in my translation, but he's lifting you up. So if you're, if you're uh, you know, what does it mean to be lifted up or held up? Let's talk about that for a second, okay? Uh, what does it mean to be held up? <clears throat> and there's there's a lot of different correlations. Uh, and I want to talk about the vine for a second, okay? So there's a, there's a in the New Testament we talk about the vineyard and the vine and the vine dresser, and I, and that's a whole another podcast episode that I could do. But what in that episode in that um, in that passage it talks about lifting the vines up, right? We are the vines in that scenario. To where in a vineyard, sometimes the vines get on the ground and they get dirty and they get um, you know kind of they start to die away and fade away and God the vin- the vine keeper lifts the vines up and puts them back on the trellis or on the fence so they can flourish again, okay? So what's that effort of God lifting us up and holding us up out of this, out of our dirt and muck and mire and sin and and failures and faults and all those things that bring us down, bring us down to the level of the devil wants us to be in. God will lift us up with his victorious right hand, right? He's lifting us up. 
I love that that visual of God picking us up, right? Um, where, where, where Jesus is the vine, we are the branches, the Father is the the, the vine dresser, the vine keeper, and in that in that kind of in that in that analogy to where he's picking up the branches off the ground, right, and and trying to put them on the trellis to clean us off and get us to flourish and grow. That makes sense. So we're the branches in that scenario. So I love that visual uh, of God lifting us up. Now, when we flip down to 13, <clears throat> now it says, For I hold you by your right hand. I am the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. So picture that now. I'm using a weird kind of a visual analogy on this. I'm sorry I wasn't too prepared. I'm just kind of talking out loud here. Imagine you've seen that picture, I think, where where Jesus is reaching down through the ocean with his right hand to pick us up, right? Imagine, if you will, uh, and, and when he's walking on water and Peter walks out on the ocean and, and, and his faith falters and he, and he sinks down, and Jesus reaches down with his right arm and grabs Peter's right hand and lifts him up. All of that is connected. All of that is allegoric and, and visual for us to understand that when we fall down, and when we sink under the water or our branch gets dirty, God is there to lift us up. He will grab us by our right hand with his victorious hand and lift us up and clean us off and uh, make us pure again. hope that makes sense. All right, so that was a—I I didn't necessarily plan on going <laughs> to those analogies and that thought, but it kind of hit me as I was reading that today. I love that, that visual of, uh, of God with his victorious right hand. Uh, you know, lifting us up uh, with our hand and cleaning us off. Okay, uh, sip of coffee, and we're going to flip to, and I know uh, you guys love it when I uh, address Revelation. We're going to go to Revelation 1. All the way to the end of the Bible. I know um, I've had several messages asking me to do an entire deep dive of Revelation, and I'll say I've read it recently, uh, actually, I uh, reread the entire book, and it's it's so uh, visual. Uh, it's challenging to fully understand everything in this vision uh, that uh, is uh, is Revelation, right? Um, uh, this is a a dream sequence uh, that uh, the Apostle John uh, had, <clears throat> and uh, talks about the end of the earth, and talks about things that happen, talks about happens to the church, uh, and it has a lot of uh, visuals uh, and, and talking about the. Uh, the horses and the trumpets and, and the seals, and there's a lot of stuff packed in there. Uh, so we're not doing that today, okay? But I did want to, as we're talking about not being afraid, uh, reference uh, Revelation 1, verse 17 and 18, okay? So this is a vision uh, of John. John has his vision, and he sees the Son of Man. He sees Jesus in his vision, okay? Uh, so this is uh, after... Obviously, Jesus has died, resurrected, and ascended into heaven. Um, John is exiled to this island, uh, and and so he has this vision. And the first part of this vision is that he sees Jesus, okay? So verse 17 and 18 say this, When I saw him, talking about seeing Jesus, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me, Interesting, uh, the fact that that tied together, that was unintentional, but that worked great. But he laid his right hand on me and said, 
do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys to death and the grave. So John sees Jesus in his vision. He falls at his feet as if he had died. In the sense of John probably thought at that moment that he had died and had ascended into heaven to where he was with Jesus. Uh, So he fell at his feet in in praise and in awe of seeing Jesus Christ uh, right in front of him. And he fell to his feet and Jesus reached out his right hand and laid it on him, laid it on John's shoulder and said this, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. So he sees that John is afraid. He knows that he is awestruck, but also tormented. So Jesus tells him not to be afraid. And why should he not be afraid? Because Jesus says this, I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever and he holds the keys. So if I can leave you with anything today after reading these Bible verses, it is this. Jesus holds the keys. He is the first and the last. He was there at the beginning. There's a reason why in Genesis 1 it references God as we. It's because it's the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are already there at the beginning. In 1 John it talks about the fact that the Word is with God, and the Word was God. Uh, it talks about Jesus being there from the beginning of time. He is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. So if there's anything that gives you comfort with what's going on today, whether you're superstitious about the Friday the 13th and the Halloween garbage, or whether you're looking at the news and going, oh my gosh, that's a, you know they've called for a day of jihad. There's a lot of mess going on. There's a lot to be fearful for today. I'm afraid for the stability of the world. I'm afraid for the stability of my own country and how it's going to affect me. If you're having those fears today, just read Revelation 1, 17 and 18 and understand that Jesus wants you not to be afraid because he is the, he's already at the beginning and he's all the way at the end and he knows everything everything, and he he will put his right hand on you to comfort you, to comfort your fear. Don't let fear get the best of you today, all right? Fear is a liar, as the song says. The devil will utilize your fear to make you uneasy and to make mistakes and to do things you don't want to do. He doesn't want you to trust God and trust Jesus the way you should, and fear will pull you away. So dive into the Word today. Don't be afraid. It's going to be okay. All right, let's have a couple of questions. Uh, we are uh, we went a little long today because I was chit-chatting uh, a little bit on that. But I love those uh, visuals today uh, in those verses, <clears throat> talking about God's right hand picking us up, uh, talking about Jesus' right hand comforting us by putting his hand on John's shoulders. Uh, I love the I love those visuals, and so hopefully you can take a little bit of that with you today. It is uh, you let Jesus calm your anxiety and your fears a little bit? Okay, all right. Let's have a couple questions. So if you haven't asked a question, uh, if you're live here on Instagram, uh, put it in the question area, and I'll I'll tackle a couple. All right. Let's see what we got here. All right, we got a lot of good ones here. Uh. 
Okay, so uh, Yahweh is love. Uh, uh, as, as in a world of chaos, and as we watch Revelation unfold, it's debatable, but yes, I am not afraid, but like you, a little uneasy for my family and loved ones that aren't saved. How we, uh, how would you be wise, prepare, and have that conversation? Okay, that's a great question. Um, so, so you know, I, I feel that God didn't give us the book of Revelation so we could be afraid and we could be fearful and we could debate on whether we're, there's a, uh, a rapture and whether it's the pre-tribulation rapture or whether we're going to be saved at the end or what it happens. And you could overthink that stuff. There's nothing you can do about that. Okay. There's nobody on this earth that knows exactly what's going to happen. Okay, he gave us the book of Revelation to prepare us to understand so we can see and be confident that when these things start to happen, that we know that Jesus is on his way. Okay, that's why he gave us the book of Revelation. Now, knowing that and having that knowledge of knowing that Jesus is coming, whether it's in seven years now or 70 years, let's put that aside and the debate of what the timing is of Revelation. Let's put that aside. Knowing that that is truth, what should we do? We should be not afraid to tell people about Jesus. We should be open and welcoming and sharing what we know and what we have learned. Do we know every answer to every question? No. Okay. Do we know exactly what all the visual and, and things say in Revelation and what they mean? No. If you think you do, you, you don't. I don't either. Uh, I have my ideas and thoughts and what I've studied, but the reality is there's a lot in there that is confusing, okay? And it's okay. But don't get bogged down in the details. What you need to do is open that door for people, okay? There's people in our lives, I have them and you have them, that haven't accepted Christ yet. Just open the door and live in a way that you represent Christ. And for them to look at you and go, there's something, something different about him or her. I'm going to go ask him, right? Why is it that he can handle things that I can't handle? Why is it that he reacts differently than I react? Why is it that he forgives when I, how, how is he or she forgiving that other person? Uh, make them wonder, and then hopefully they'll ask those questions and be open. Just be open and honest. Tell them how much you love Jesus and, and what you've learned and what you know. And have that conversation. But I promise you if, you, if you're a representative of Christ in the way you live, people will ask you why, because they don't understand, because it's confusing to them. All right, let's have uh, one or two more questions here. we got lots going on today here. Um, all right, uh, two questions uh, uh, that I have here for me. How do we stay encouraged for God's plan for our lives when His plan seems to take forever and include... Lots of trials. Okay, Oak City, Angie, um, I'll answer that. God's plan doesn't necessarily uh, you know, hold a lot of trials. This world holds trials. God knows where we need to be. And you've, if you've been a follower of mine for a while, you understand, or you've heard me use the analogy of we're walking down, we're hiking down a trail through uh, the woods, and God has us on this path, and and we're following him as our tour guide. But yes, there are going to be some logs we have to jump over, some holes we have to walk around. There's going to be part of life, because this is a fallen world and not heaven. That's just the reality of the situation, right? So, so how do you stay confident uh, and stay close to that path? You've got to keep following in one step at a time and trust 
God. Trust him that he's leading you where he wants you to be and where you need to be. It's all about trust and faith. That is what faith is, right? Faith is trusting God without knowing what's going to happen, without knowing everything. We just talked about the book of Revelation and how we don't understand all of it, and we don't know all of it, and it doesn't make sense to all of us, but we have to trust that it's truth, and we we have to trust that Jesus is coming back. We trust that part, right? You love to flip to the end of Revelation and go, okay, this is the glorious return of Jesus, but we don't want to deal with all the stuff in between. That's no fun. But sometimes you have to go through all those things in between in order to get to Jesus. This world has to fall again in order for Jesus to come back. The seals have to be broken again in order for Jesus to come back. Jesus even talks about it in Matthew, the fact that these things have to happen. The wars and rumors of wars, these these things have to happen in order for Jesus to come back. So just even on your path of life, these things have to happen in order for you to get to the point that God wants you to be period. So it's not always easy. It's not always fun. But God's got a plan for you, and if you trust Him, if you have faith in that plan, you'll get to where you need to be. It may be bumpy. It may not be much fun sometimes, right? Uh, But you got to keep going forward and keep walking forward. You can't quit. You can't quit. God's got a plan for you. He wants you to be someplace, and you got to follow Him on that, okay? Uh, Last question real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Um... Uh, what does the book of Proverbs teach me? That's that's good, Carla. That's I mean, pro- book, book of Proverbs is full of wisdom, so read it, dive into it, study it. Uh, it is called the book of wisdom for a reason. There's a lot of life guidance in there. If you're struggling with making some decisions or how to handle certain situations, realistic situations in your life, dive in the book of Proverbs, and I promise you there's going to be uh, an answer for you in there. Uh, it is chock full of so much... Um, advice uh, that it'll help you get through what you need to get through. Okay. All right. Uh, so let's, uh, let's have a quick prayer. We're going to pray for uh, calmness of our hearts. Uh, we're going to pray for peace with everything going on in this world today. Let's have a sip of coffee. And we'll pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today, first of all, thanking you for bringing us together. Thanking you for this medium and this technology that we have to have hundreds and, and thousands of people uh, in the same space and reading your word together, Lord. That's it's it's a it's a miracle that we have this ability, and it's all because of you. You've created this uh, method and in these technologies in order for us to be together. And I I certainly thank you uh, for that. Thank you for the word that you gave us today and all the bu- different Bible verses. Uh, that you gave us. Thank you for showing us over and over again in these verses consistently that your mighty victorious hand will lift us up and calm us at our time of fear. And we need that calmness right now, Lord. Whether it's the superstitions in the time of year that we're dealing with, with being surrounded by the Halloween stuff and the Friday the 13th stuff, or whether it's real life fears and anxieties that we're having because of the wars and the the evil that is being being pushed down on people and this earth and we are afraid and we need to trust you lord we need to trust you more we're openly admitting i'm openly admitting that i need to trust you more please give me the courage and the strength to let go of my fears and turn off the tv and open up my bible 
It's so easy to get pulled in. And Lord, I, I'm praying for the strength to get out of it. We're also praying for peace with that. Uh, this terrible things happening in Israel. Atrocity, atrocities brought to these really people. Their reaction to that, very justified, but causing harm on its own right. And we're just praying for peace. We understand that this world is pulled apart. We understand that not everybody believes the same thing. I'm praying for peace, Lord, but most importantly, I'm praying for all of those people to know Jesus. That is the ultimate goal. So I, I pray for peace, I pray for healing, I pray for strength to get through these conflicts, but I pray most importantly for them to know Jesus. It's in your mighty name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a great weekend. We'll be back next week for some more uh, episodes. I uh, love you guys. Thanks for joining me again today. If you missed any of these episodes, check them out on YouTube or on the podcast. Uh, until next time, keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you.